Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The trailer booking and Billy Bones A pound old West Ham United We celebrate our victories Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. It is season 13, it's episode 26, it's a new year, and we've got a special guest. Uh, that special guest, you know I like finance, you know I spoke at the last one when the accounts came out, um, just before the new year. It's Kieran Maguire of the award-winning podcast, Price of Football. Welcome, um, Kieran. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, always a pleasure to have a chat, uh, as I'm uh, as West Ham with the first team I ever saw. Um, uh, Uncle, Terry. Uncle Terry! Uncle Terry! Uh, well, no, my, my uncle Terry was West Ham. He, he was sorry, he was, he was Millwall. My uncle Tony, oh, was he? He, he oh, was uh, he, he was West Ham. <laughs> so he took me to see. Yeah, it was West Ham versus Arsenal. I think about nineteen seventy one. West Ham one two one. Yeah, great day out. Oh, excellent. Um, I should have said also. I mean, your other titles: uh, um, university lecturer. What 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 other things do you have? You have uh, you appear on most t- the TV and. Uh, Radio most weeks. Uh, you helped with the the government with the independent regulator. What what, what other thing? What other strings do you have to your bow, Kieran? Well, according to Rick Parry, I've got no talent apart from self publicity. So <laughs> I wear I wear that badge with pride. If, if you're if you're annoying the establishment, then you're probably doing something right. Yeah. Pot well, kettle black now, I think. Yeah. Well, also to keep me on the straight and narrow today is Nigel, because if if I if I went off with finance, uh, just with Kieran. So as I was just explained to Kieran off air, uh, Nigel is the complete opposite of me. On his thinking, pretty much everything about West Ham, apart from we do support the same team. Um, so he will keep me on straight and narrow if I go a little bit bald friendly in this is it interview. Isn't that right? Where are you? What are you doing, Nigel? I'm in my shed. And I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have the shed magic oh. ready for you. I know. I know. It, come on, it's the first day of the year. One job. I know I've not been around recently, but you had one job. I know. I had one job. I, I'll tell you what. I'll get it. I did have another jingle, and I got this jingle just for Kieran, right? 
what do you think about finance? There you go. That's news to me. Do, 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 do you see that catching on? Do you, do you want to get producer uh, guy to use that on Price of Football? Because I, I can lend I'll, it to I'll, I'll, I'll ask him to get in contact. When, when, <laughs> when we've finished all the outstanding work, um, I'll put that down as a possible. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about finance, Kieran. Obviously, um, I get very excited this time of the year. Uh, a bit like you, when uh, I get a little tip off that... Um, you know that the account's going to come up, and the uh, the club very kindly given me the accounts a few hours before, so I can analyse them under embargo. But they came out on uh, three o'clock. Yeah. On uh, oh, what was it? Was it twenty um, ninth? I think last That's right, Friday. Yeah. Um, and uh, quick view, not a lot of difference. You know, the turnover was down sixteen million to two hundred and. 37 million down from about 253 that 16 million was easy to understand because uh we dropped seven places from 7th to 14th and it's worth 2.1 million pounds a place that's about 15 million and we had two less televised games um we had 23 the season before we only had 21 they're worth about 1.2 million so is that premier league games that that is all games no, just Premier League games um, played played in the UK, I should say. So you get a facility fee from so tw- the So 23 Premier League games, West Ham. In the season before last before, season. But 21 last season. 21. Yeah. 21 last season. Yeah, we are. Pop, we're popping on the box, you know. It does help that everybody gets... Everyone gets a minimum of 10, by the way, especially with, you know, the prime now, and etc. Um, so, yeah, West Ham... It's good to watch on the box, yeah. But Premier Premier League. Um, so, really, if you look at it, and I'm sure you'd agree, Kieran. Ticket revenues not much different. Forty one million. It was forty one million the season before. Uh, interestingly, before COVID and Europe, our, t- our maximum ticket revenue was twenty seven. So you could argue we could drop another thirteen million pound uh, per year if we didn't have uh, Europe. Um, again, there's, we haven't really risen the tickets very much in the last five years, only by, you know, just under inflation, five or six percent. Uh, commercial revenue stroke sponsorship only grew uh, 400,000 to 35 million. Uh, and club retail slightly fell by a few thousand to just under uh, 13 million. So my first question, Kieran, is, you know, where West Ham sit in those turnovers and ticket and commercial revenue is that about a par of of where we are in in the league yes I I think you've got to split the Premier League into three there's the big six and we all know who they are um then we've got what I'd refer to as I I know West Ham's a working working class club but what I'd refer to as the middle classes of the Premier League so the likes of you know Villa and Newcastle and West Ham and so on. And if you take a look at the commercial income, West Ham generated around about around about the same as Leeds. Leeds are a big club, as we know, a bit more than Leicester. 
um, around about the same as Everton. You know, clubs that have been established in the Premier League, clubs that have uh, you know achieved things historically. And, and then you've got sort of the, the third part of the Premier League, Bournemouth and Brentford and you know, Southampton, Wolves, Palace, Brighton. Um, they tend to be generating sort of in the 18 to, to 30 million. So, so West Ham have, have shifted themselves into that sort of towards the top part of that, that those middle classes. Um, on on the back of the move to the new stadium. Now, you know, there, there's there's good bits and bad bits about that move to the new stadium. Um, again, if you take a look at the the ticketing income, it's it's good by the standards of of those class of those clubs that I refer to. But Spurs bring in well over a hundred million. Manchester United bring in 120 million. Uh, you know, Arsenal in a good year will be bringing in a hundred million and so on. So th- there is a significant gap. Um, so, so when you look at the ticketing for the size of the stadium, yeah, compared to the same clubs with the same size stadiums, yeah, we come out lower down, I would imagine. S- substantially, substantially. Um, if you take a look at. Um, the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, they're bringing in around about fifteen to £1,600 per fan per season. Now, West Ham are probably bringing in, looking at the figures here, around about 600 because season ticket prices are, are lower. Mm. Um, you, know, you, you know the details far more than, more than I do, but Liverpool, for example... Less than less than half their tickets for each match go to season ticket holders, because they've got a fan base who are coming from Ireland and Scandinavia and God knows where else, um, who are prepared to pay sixty, seventy, eighty pounds a ticket. Whereas West Ham, probably eighty percent of their tickets, if not more, are going to season ticket holders. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, within that you've got concessions, you've got uh, you've got senior citizens, you've got kids as well, and that means that there's a substantially uh, lower take per match. And I think there's an argument for saying, well, you know, hooray for that because otherwise it's costing you money. Yeah, I mean, well, my the, season ticket's three hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, wow. And 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 some of the <laughs> that, juniors that's, are still, that's amazing. Some of the yeah. juniors are still still playing ninety nine pound. What the board would say, Kieran, is it's family affordable football. What people like Nigel would often say is, you've priced it for you know you, you you've capitalism at its best. You've priced it for demand, right? If if you charge the prices of Spurs and Liverpool and Arsenal and, and Chelsea. You wouldn't sell out every game. I'd I'd say my ticket is priced equivalent to the view from Upton Park. I.e., my ticket would have been on Tesco's on Green Street, or sorry, on the Barking Road. Um, so would you uh, pay more though, Nigel? Would you pay? Well, I used to pay for t- for two season tickets. Yeah. At Upton Park, a, a child, uh, an a young adult, and and an, and my ticket, which was a full adult. I used to pay when the last season I paid one thousand and fifty pound. I think now for two adults, this it was it went up obviously this season. I paid seven hundred pound for two adults. Mm. So I'm paying the club 
nearly four, five hundred pound less a year than I did at Upton Park. But I'm getting the equivalent view. I.e. Upton Park, I sat 30 foot in the air and 10 foot from the pitch. Now I sit 400 foot in the air and 400 foot from the pitch. And I think I, I pay about, I can't remember, about £765 a year, being on the lower tier next yeah. to the wave fans by the corner flag. So, you know, I, I suppose, look, Cam Brady knows what she's doing. She's priced it. If she thinks she could get away with charging more, let's be honest, she would charge more because that revenue would go to spend more on players and, and let the club do more. We've, we've probably priced it accordingly. Um but anyway, let's 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 move on from that. What, one thing I'm interesting in the bit I haven't quite understood in the turnover. Maybe you can understand uh, explain this to me, Kieran. We were in the Europa Conference League and we won it last season. And I know that you get prize money um, yeah. up to about twenty million euros. Um, and in the accounts, they said the last bit of the prize money, the actual for winning the final, is deferred to next season. But the rest of it, we should have got all the other bonuses. We also got a coefficient bonus for being, I think we're up to 50 points now because we've played three seasons um, in, in a row in Europe. So our coefficient score is going up. I think you get three points for every win uh, and then more for winning the group. And then you get a TV pool bonus on top of that. What I haven't been able to work out in the accounts is where have they, where have they hidden or shoved in the the European parts into these accounts. Do you, what, what's the tricks they use, Kieran? It, it's all in the broadcast ah, revenue. Right. right. So um, that will be both from the Premier League and uh, from UEFA. If you, if you go back to 2020, for example, West Ham made £83 million from broadcast income. Yeah. And it was 148 in 22-23. So that's partly due to... There's no rebate. There was a rebate in 2020. Yeah. It was the start of COVID. Remember, things were quite messed around. Um, and it, it's partly to do with uh, you know, more matches. Uh, you know, for West Ham to be, you know, 21 matches is, is is a good achievement because the way that the system works is that you get nothing for the first 10 matches and then you get an extra uh, you know, 1.1, 1.2 million for every match after that. So yeah. um, you're probably making more money from a live TV match than you are from the the additional ticket sales, you know, the non-season ticket. Yeah, sales. my my sources say, you know, us finishing getting knocked out the European at the semi-final stage Europa was far more financially rewarding than winning the the Europa Conference League. Oh yeah, uh, final. Yeah, uh, far yeah. more rewarding. So even though we got knocked out of the semi-final, it was. It, it was we'll uh, see because of the extra revenue taken from the shop by selling the shirts. And all the other ancillary. Afterwards, you're right. Yeah, next season. Um, yeah. You don't sell. I got to the semi-final shirt. No, you, you? you're, you're right. You're right. You might. We might <laughs> see a little uh, our friend Gavin. Uh, so, so if we look at uh, the breakdown, our operating costs were post for last season at 190 million or 190.6 to be precise, on 236.6 million revenue, leaving an operating profit of 48.4 million. But of course, that was completely wiped out. With our big spending uh, yeah. over the summer of 22, I think it was 180, I can't remember, 189 million or something. And that turned into a amortization uh, figure of 65.3. So that, that left us a loss of 18.3. Was 
is that is that wise to uh, you know spend that much on um, on transfers, Kieran? In your view, um, you, 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 you just want a cup in Europe. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, because you, remember you've got new owners, so you know, a new, I, I know, new part if, owner come, uh, has come if, in. If you think about it, that unfortunately, um, unfortunately, that summer we didn't do a lot. Of, I mean, we bought Skamaka, and um, you could argue we wasted a bit of money. But um, with ones that didn't turn out, it was the summer that's just gone where we actually made uh, some really good signs like uh, Caduce and. Um, we well, bought Paquetta the year before. We, as well, we did. Sean. We did right by Paquetta, and he's he's come good, hasn't he? So you're right on that. There was at least one good one. So eighteen point three million uh, loss, uh, Kieran. The biggest question everyone wants me to ask you is about FFP. Now I've done a little figure on the on the back of a fag packet to say a three year rolling loss uh, after these accounts have come out is thirty two point nine million. Yeah. I'm hoping that's right. I hope your 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 spreadsheet yeah. agrees. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, that's how um, mate. So, Premier League FFP, no problems, because I, I seem to remember you can have a hundred and five million pound loss over three years. So we don't even get near that, yeah. Well, it's not quite as simple as that. You're allowed to lose fifteen million in the Premier League, but if the owners put in money, the first ninety million pounds that the owners put in in the form of shares counts towards uh, FFP so that that increases your your allowable losses from 15 right, to 105 you. yeah that's where this figure of so, 105 which is quoted all the time so how, how do we get around that because obviously we haven't put any shares in in the last year in that well, year the money came in with Kredinsky the year before well it, it, because it counts over three years so ah, the money from Kredinsky still counts right, towards so your, your overall calculations million. Rights yep. issue counts over the three years. Yeah. Okay. So and that will count for twenty three, twenty four as well. Premier League tick, not a problem. So yep. if we go to UEFA, just look at the losses. My understanding is sixty million euros without further injection. That works out at fifty three point six million. You're allowed to lose over three years. Again, from outside, it doesn't look like we get anything close to that with thirty two point nine million over three years. Yeah, uh, and the other thing to note about. UEFA is that they've now brought in wage controls um, and well, l last season you you were limited to you couldn't spend more than uh, 80 quid on wages agents fees and so that's what I was about to transfer. get to okay because cool. that, that is the one that I'm told by my sources close to the board we are right up to the limit so I think if I were my understanding is this season because it was for last year, it was 90%, yes. and next season's 80%, is that correct? Yeah, it's going 90, 80, 70. Yeah, yeah so it was 90 last season, or, or ready for this season. Yeah. 80 net for next season, 70 for the season after that. Yeah, and yeah, as you said, turnover on wages, transfer, and agencies. So I've done the quick sums, and I know this is the impossible bit, but I just wanted our listeners to understand this. So if our wages for last season were 136 million and something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And our amortisation was 65.5. Yeah. For me, that is over already, right? 202 mm -hmm. million. And then you have to work, and this is the difficult thing, and I don't know whether you've got a, 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 some formula to do this. You've got to then try and work out what are non-player wages, like Karen Brady's, and virtue spending that you can take off. Is there some equation you can estimate what virtue spending and non-player wages is for a, for a Club. Yeah, as far as West Ham is concerned, um, 
they they've got a category one academy so what you do is, is you try to you look at other club accounts so yeah. villa say it costs us 14 million a year to run our academy so west ham you'd expect it to be that you know around about that um <clears throat> the women's team it loses a bit of money it's, it loses less than a million quid a year so it's, it's neither here nor there um three million i was told once uh, that it costs to run uh the women's team but uh whether that's oh, right, okay. yeah um and then you've got sort of the community schemes which which the clubs run which are partly funded by the premier league anyway mm-hmm. um and, and they are absolutely fantastic i don't know whether you've seen them in operation but they, they really make a difference they make a difference yeah. to kids they make a difference to, to blokes of my age and yeah you know, no no west ham well. it's the one thing they are big on on the community programs yeah <clears throat> um <laughs> So, so, so you sort of you do that, and then you you look at sort of player sales as well. And remember, of course, this year you've got a a very big Declan Rice shaped get out of jail free card. Isn't that next season though? Because it didn't appear in the count. So I assume for this, if we if we qualify, I know this is heady heights, right? Qualify yeah. for Europe, yeah, for a fourth year running. You know, all we've got to do is finish top five, win Europa League to get in Champions League. If not top seven like you guys at Brighton to, to get uh, in the uh, Europa League or even the Com- Europa Conference League next season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, these FFP rules w- will apply. Now, my understanding, and this is one of the things I wanted to ask you, is the Declan Rice 100 million, and let's just take the 100 million, not the 5 million add-on, yeah. will, we, will we booked in one year as a straight profit next season? Is that correct? That that we booked into the 2023-2024 accounts. So you can't spread it over five years, even though you no. spent your money. No. That that's weird, isn't that? Yeah, the lunacy of accounting for you. Right. Um, and, and the other thing to note is that so you're going to make a massive their... profit next year, almost yeah. definitely. Yeah. 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 You have to do their calculations from the first of January to the thirty-first of December, which doesn't tie in with the account, which is a which is a pain in the backside for anybody trying to work out how close they are yeah okay can i just add that conference league this season depends on liverpool winning the trophy now oh really well because to qualify for the conference league is by winning the league cup and the teams that are left in the tournament excluding liverpool ain't going to finish in a european place okay so you got Chelsea, Fulham and Middlesbrough left in the tournament as well as Liverpool. So technically, if you're a West Ham fan and you want to play and maximise our chances of, well, and a Brighton fan, I would have said as well, then realistically, we've got to wash our mouths out with soap and water and hope Liverpool win it. Yep, and you've got to hope that Arsenal or Manchester City win the uh, FA Cup. Champions, Champions, Champions League because that means that will increase the chances of having five teams in the Champions League next season yes could be us you never know Nigel could be us Uh, dream on Um, one thing that our listeners want to ask you and you might not be able to ask it with the information available this January right Mm -hmm. my sources have said we are up to the limit of FFP for UEFA on wages ratio and therefore We've got a sell to buy, and not just from a point of view of getting player sales in, but actually getting people off the wage bill. 
from the information, and, and I think you've been quoted elsewhere going, ah, sure, West Ham have got no problem, should have no problem in buying in January. I don't know if you've been misquoted. From, from the information you know on this uh, FFP, what do you make of West Ham's position to spend in, in, uh, in January? Well, as, as I just mentioned, the UEFA rules go from the 1st of January to the 31st of December. So I'm more concerned about what's happened in the calendar year 2023. Now, in that calendar year, the sale of Declan ah, Rice means that West Ham true. are clear. So it might be the calendar year 2024. Might be just a bit disingenuous on the it's not financial year, it's calendar year. Sorry, yeah. I got you now. Yeah. So I, I don't see that's why I don't see there being a problem. Um, and yeah. when do they have to declare it? So when when do you have to send your finances off to UEFA? Is there a? Is, is... I, I think I think it has to be re, re, reasonably early in the year because. UEFA assess the figures over the course of the summer, and that's when they make their rulings as as, as whether or not they're going to give clubs, you know, either fines or right. squad squad limits or, or or the worst sanction is that they they get kicked out of the tournament. But we've seen quite a few Italian clubs deliberately break break the rules um, in recent years because they can't be asked playing in the uh, Conference League. So therefore, they yeah. break the rules, uh, and and if they if they finish six, and they, and they go, oh well, uh, you know, because West Ham will still get you still get fifty sixty thousand turning up on yeah, a Thursday yeah. night, yeah, you know, whether it's uh, you know Europa League or Conference League or Brighton, it, yeah. <laughs> and, and Italian fans, they're they're fickle, reluctant, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that, that's really useful. I didn't know that, um, so that that's interesting. I might have to. So, so the clubs then have to file. So technically, if you're playing in European football, so the club does its year-end accounts through HMRC, yep. and then separately, then do they have to supply accounts for the calendar year to UEFA? Yep, just creates a load more work. Right. It's, okay. Uh, yeah. Which interesting. Keeps which, your which calendars I'd, I'd, busy. Well, yeah. yeah, I'd rather money go on football. Yeah. yeah. Right, let's, let's move on to wages. So wages were only slightly up, £1 million, 136.8, up from 135.7. Um, how does that compare to other clubs? Where are we? Are we in the top six of wages? I must admit, I, I live in a West Ham bubble, Kieran, so I don't look at other clubs. Well, West Ham's wages, have, they're the same. They're broadly the same as the, where they were in 2019. So for the last five seasons, they've, yeah, they've had a slight dip due to covid and people not working but if we compare to so west ham yeah, 136 137 million um we then go to the big six and, and that's when you start to it's see gone. uh yeah uh, so manchester city uh 423 million manchester united 331 liverpool 366 chelsea 340 so, Who's after that that's closest to us? Is I, I seem to think Everton spent more than us in wages. I don't know if that's... Yeah, Everton were 162. I mean, what happened with Everton was a new owner came in, thought he could buy success, and didn't work out. So the closest to West Ham would be Villa, 137. Yeah. And, which is exactly the same um, if you look yeah. at... Newcastle's went up to 170, wow. but 
but remember that yeah every time you fill your tank you're you're contributing towards newcastle's weight bill <laughs> yeah um True. so yeah Le- leicester was 182 wow wow that's just so yeah, west ham had fallen behind i think 2019 2018 they they were reasonably competitive with what is again, that, ratio? that, that, that know, middle it's one thing i didn't look at but i know you all know the ratio because it's in your spreadsheet what, what's their ratio turnover to 58 that, and that's pretty healthy, isn't it? What, what's the uh, what's the target for a good run club to be at? And anything under seventy is okay. is uh, UEFA's belief. You had Newcastle who were spending ninety five pounds on wages. <laughs> um, Forest Forest got promoted in uh, in twenty two, which is uh, and they spent one hundred and ninety seven pounds on wages for every hundred pounds that came through the door. Yeah, that, that's just an insane way I, to I, run. An I mean, what a lot of fans look at. So when you look at that, so laymen like me that, that are not, you know, figure people, we look at that and go, how can they do that under FFP? So how can, you know, how can Chelsea constantly buy players? How can Newcastle do what they're doing when the clubs like West Ham, their our owners come out and go, as, you know, to Sean. Oh, it's FFP. You know, we can't we can't kick on this January because of FFP. We've got to stay within the rules. And I'm all for staying within the rules. I believe football clubs shouldn't be bankrolled by ownerships at all. That every football club should spend the money it generates um, through its football arm rather than through its ownership arm. But how do they do it and, and get away with it as such? Because so far, only Everton have been whacked. Yeah. Well, I think if you take a look at those two clubs you mentioned, um, I'm I'm no, I'm a Brighton fan. We 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 probably hate Chelsea more than we hate Crystal Palace these days. <laughs> well, we, you we should don't... love them the amount of money they gave you. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just the way that they did it. It was yeah. just sort of it was just Billy Big Bollocks, wasn't it? They came along yeah, yeah, and said, yeah. right, we'll have, we'll have we'll have him, we'll have him, we'll have him. So we take yeah. we take we took nine when Potter left, nine members of staff went with him. Yeah, yeah, just just ripped it. And if he we, nobody actually minded him going. To a bigger club, and we, we all know where we are in the in, in the in the pecking order. It's just the fact that it ripped the heart out. Um, but in the case of Chelsea, for all of Chelsea's faults, what people don't realise is that they're absolutely brilliant at selling players, especially players that have come from the academy. So, so they rinsed Manchester United for sixty million for Mason Mount. They had Tammy Abrahams. They had. Um, Tamori, they had Gwehi, they had Ruben Lofter's cheeks, uh, you know, and you go through this list of players. Chelsea have made have, have had player sales which have generated twice as much income over the last decade as any other club in the Premier League, and it's it's that money constantly coming in because. There's there's a Chelsea Academy in Exeter. There's a Chelsea Academy in Carlisle. There's a Chelsea Academy, and they're they 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 use the academy as a way of of generating money. Yeah, they're not. I mean, I'm, so I'm not so years ago, when a few years ago, when Chelsea had like thirty players out on loan. So yeah. there, there's a thing where you look and we a, a Chelsea using some farm, which it looks like they're doing. And in a way, yeah. now listening to what you say, I'm thinking, well, they've been clever with it because yeah, what they've realised yeah. is they're not bothered if these kids progress to the first team or not. It's can they make money out of them? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, some of the smaller ones will be sold off cheaper. Get in the first team, we can get 40, 50 million. It's pure profit. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and that's the great thing about Academy players. You know, they, they, they cost, they go into the books as nothing. So when you do sell them, and, and you look at the case of West Ham with Declan Rice and, and Aston Villa with Jack Grealish, it's it's a hundred million plus pure profit. Yeah. I'm going to bring us, it's not a Chelsea podcast, as I would say. Uh, it is a West Ham podcast. I'm going to bring us back to wages. Uh, Karen Brady uh, took a paper packet home of 1.37 million. Brady, yeah. Down from. 2.24 million the year before and and that was mostly down to a bonus she actually got a bonus for introducing introducing daniel kredinsky into the club as she did trip smith before kieran um 1.37 is approximately what she if you not two seasons ago is approximately what she uh earned before it, it she gets a lot of grief for what she earns because of all the other stuff she does is is that about average for a chief executive that only works really two not. days a week. In... Well, that's a bit unfair, Nigel. You don't know <laughs> she only works two days a week. Uh, she, let's just say she has other interests as well, Kieran. Don't get involved in that argument. Um, but it's it's you know it's what what you do, not how how many hours you do. Is is my. Um, but anyway, um, you know, for example, what what would the chief executive of Brighton earn? Uh, he's Paul Barber, isn't it? Paul Barber. He, he earned almost three million last season right and he's worth every single penny of it because he's absolutely brilliant at what he does um it's not unusual to to earn if she she is part-time like nigel said uh (laughs) she is in the house of laws and does apprentice and everything else 1.3 million could say it's value for money oh behave (laughs) well if, if if she negotiated that deal yeah to rent the london stadium then it's worth every penny. Well, she did, and her name's on it. So it's yeah. funny enough, it's a great link, because obviously uh, the figures came out, um, I think it was 3.6 million, mm. almost 3.7 million in rent, almost the same as, as the year before. They did have to pay, I don't know if you saw the little... I saw to, that, yeah, yeah. They tried to yeah. hide it, by the way. I was yes. off and go, shh, we don't want to talk about this. So they've paid 3.94 over the last two years as a windfall tax. Yeah. Uh, because Daniel Kredinsky bought in in a rights issue 27%. Now, there's a little asterisk by that saying uh, it's in dispute. And in fact, it is going through the courts at, at the moment because they've used the figure <coughs> that Rothschild's put together and come up with a completely different, you'll be surprised, a more expensive figure, which West Ham don't agree with. Yeah, that um, but four million doesn't sound very much. And some people have said, and, and I'd like to get your take on this: Why are the owners not paying the windfall tax? Why is it the club paying it? Because the contract was with West Ham or WH Holding Limited, yeah, exactly. and the landlord or, or and the local authority with regards to that initial. So it, so it wasn't with the club owners. The contract was between the football club. And the uh, the lessor, so so therefore the fine has yeah. to be paid by the lessor. And you, you was... still fit at three point seven million pounds. Uh, I know we've asked you this before, but I'll just check on it because and it causes a lot of friction with some elements of the West Ham base. <laughs> still value for money. Still a deal of the century. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's a seven hundred. It costs seven hundred million pounds to convert the stadium. But 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 when uh, take that aside. Yep. When does the stadium, bearing in mind it was a 99-year deal, so we've got 92 left, yep. the rent goes up every year, when does the stadium actually become 
problem with, with the rent. So when when you look at other clubs and what they spend on their stadium and infrastructure, uh, and that's the way I look at it, if we say West Ham spent £4 million on the stadium running costs, which is basically what the rent is, because that's all we cough up. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What do other clubs spend on their stadiums? Um, if I take a quick look at Arsenal, uh, just call yeah, it it's an equivalent stadium, a bit yeah. better, I would say. But um, Arsenal's was about sixteen mil. <coughs> so, right, okay, that was that was the cost in their accounts. Yep. Um, and but that, and that that but that includes all of their infrastructure spend. So. Yeah, let's say that two thirds of it's I, the I assume they offset some of that the the catering income though that they receive. Yeah, which we don't. Yeah, get, I mean, yeah, you know, us. So, so that goes into their commercial income pot. So it doesn't. It's um, hard to break down. On that it's hard to decipher because because obviously yeah. we we pay a fixed rate for our stadium, which goes yeah. up. But you know, in, in forty years' in time, that, yes, in in forty years' time, though. You know, we could be looking at paying oh, 30, 40 million a year to rent that stadium. But how much will your match day income be in 30 or 40 years? Because that's that's realistically going to be index linked as well. So if, if it goes if it goes hand in hand with increases in the money coming in, I still think it's it's a well, it's a very good deal for the football club. Yeah. It's a bit of an exclusive, this podcast. Uh, for the business club. Um but the naming rights are not going too well, Kieran, because the London Stadium, by the way, interesting. Uh, I know the, the Baroness, and your Baroness, not our Baroness, <laughs> uh, won't be happy. But the London Stadium 185 accounts are coming out tomorrow. Um, so uh, we'll have to see what, what's in them. I'm waiting to, re- to read them. But um, apparently 
the London Stadium or the LLDC are trying to give away stuff that they've already sold to West Ham in like naming rights and uh, so you know advertising rights around the stadium you know that we've got all these extra rights that we bought um, which is why we're paying 3.7 million it's not just index linked you know we've said oh there's this itinerary and, and they've tried to take some of that back and say yeah well we're going to give that to the uh, naming rights partner <laughs> West Ham will go no you're not <clears throat> you've got a contract yeah no you're not you agreed that it's in the addendum no yeah. you're not you sold it to us we're not giving that back no way jose yeah. um and of course it's, it's, it's a bit like having a marriage <clears throat> where you realize you made a mistake but for yeah. whatever reason you can't get a divorce yeah well that the, sounds like me supporting west ham Q. yeah for <laughs> the moment there is my a, god you've nailed it there is another disagreement at the moment about how the naming rights would be split because there is a legal definition in in West Ham's way. They believe they get fifty percent of everything over four million mm. over the life mm. of the contract, while the London Stadium or the LLDC um, have interpreted it that it's four million a year. Now, of course, your your legal friends have said, "What, what do they say, Kieran?" It depends. It depends. Uh, which version? So here we go. We're going to probably go to courts on to see what judge on what day decides which interpretation um, he wants to say. But anyway, let's have the... Well, uh, no, quick question for Kieran. As a Brighton fan, obviously you play at the Amex. Is, yeah. is, is it still the Amex? Still the Amex? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. so. I'm, 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 so but, which is obviously American Express. Now, it's always been that. Yeah. Now... Do you think, like, so the way I've always seen it, it's a, st a stadium like the London Stadium, and in regards to Tottenham's as well, in a way, is that they you had your sponsors lined up before you moved in. So yeah. you moved into the Amex Stadium, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Absolutely. So therefore, it's always been us football fans, you know, we're, we're, we're sticklers for a name, are still, you know, called Bolton Stadium, the Reebok. Yeah, but yeah. some people say um, the Olympic Stadium. Uh, yes. Yeah. So when a stadium tries to be rebadged, as which the London Stadium's now got a name, obviously the London Stadium, that's a big devalue, surely, yeah. in you're, you're, you're what people right. pay. Yeah, yeah because I'm, I'm, I'm entirely with you, Nigel. It's it's the Reebok to me. It's the Rico for yeah. Coventry City. Coventry, yeah. Um, you know, it's now the... University of no, it's the Coventry Building Society Stadium or something like this. Oh, wow. um, so unless you get those naming rights sorted very very early, then their value tends to decline. Um, I, I know that Spurs were very confident of having a twenty million pound a year deal um, shortly after the stadium was opened. Now for whatever reason. Could be that the owner or one of the owners of the club was just trying to. Uh, he's a tough negotiator, and, and people have just walked away from the table. For all I know, um, that's not that's not come to fruition. And now what now what they're being offered is far far less. So you either get in early, or you have to accept that it's it's a short term deal. It's not worth a lot of money, because so there's a so what factor. Mm. Yeah. You know it, it's. Mem memories are created at, at stadiums but you know for me it would always be the Amex because it was the Amex um, and when we got promoted and when we beat Chelsea 4-1 last season when Potter came back you know that that's where it gets known as if it's been through four or five incarnations that that magic that association with the brand disappears very very quickly 
question, Kieran. Which is yep. what the if you could transplant the London Stadium to Brighton with its <laughs> sixty two and a half at the rent that you're paying, would would you would you take it? No, no, because I, li- I like being close to the pitch. Okay, I Same answered Nigel. honest question. And, 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 and look, Sean, you, you probably never went to the Wiv Dean. I used to go down to Brighton, I know the Wiv Dean. Yes, yeah, so, you know, these Brighton fans that sat at in, the, the Wiv Dean. You couldn't get into um, Brighton the day that they had a match. The whole place came to a standstill. So, yeah. Then again, I stood anyway. on the broken terraces of the Goldstone. Anyway, let's, let's so, move yeah. it back to finance. <laughs> Kieran, just before we move on from directors, as far as I can tell, no dividend was paid, no interest yep. was paid to any directors, no loans are owed to any directors anymore. That's com- there is no, uh, they never took any money out in interest dividends, and they haven't loaned any money in that in the last financial year. That's 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 correct. Uh, I mean, David Golden, Dave, I think I think one of the two Davids did once go on to talk sport and say. We've never taken a penny out of the Gold. club, yeah, yeah, in in the form of dividends or wages, and that was That's correct, technically yeah. correct. But at taken, the time they, they said it, but they took twenty million pound out of interest. We all know, they took, that. yeah, yeah. So, but that's that's now stopped. So, yeah. so the interest which which peaked at three million in twenty sixteen is now zero. Right. So I want to talk about bank loans. So it, people get confused with net debt. And when you read the net debt, and there's all different ways to look at debt, you know, and, and obviously debt technically is the season tickets, our bondholders and, and other things. But it, in the accounts, it talks about the £55 million loan from MSD Holdings, Michael Dell, yep. Yep. which was paid off in August. Yep. Uh, a new overdraft from Barclays Bank. We don't know where they've drawn down on that. So yep. it said on the MSD that a final interest was paid of £945,000 on the 7th of August. Yep. Now, when you look at that on £55 million, that's only about 1.75%. But when you look at what other interest was paid in the year, it was £5.88 million, suggesting closer to 10%. Do, will we ever know how much interest we paid on the MSD holdings? I think I've heard you say before, the, the average for these kind of... Um, loans is around about 10 percent um yeah I, I think there is a breakdown if you go to one of the notes um so, so west ham had a total interest cost of around about 18 million pounds in the accounts in, wow. in 2023 but a lot of that was it's not real interest it, it's, it's it, it, it was technical players. on, on yeah. player transfers yeah, yeah yeah i read that yeah so <clears throat> now we're with Bartley's bank yeah. Uh, does that uh, typically? What do they charge for their overdraft? If we, if we use it, are they a lot less? Are they sort of high street rates for football? Yeah, it will be Sonia plus you know four percent or something like that. Okay. So, uh, and the good news about yes, it's the same as us having an overdraft. Football clubs are strange beings in the sense that the money that comes in is very very lumpy. Yeah. You get a big wash of money just before the start of the season from the Premier League, which is the money advanced by Sky. You've, of course, you've received all of your season ticket money. That tends to come in a, you know, in, in a, in a relatively concentrated period of time. Um, you, you can go, as we both know, we can, you can go five weeks without a home match you know, for, for a variety of circumstances, you know, international breaks, cups and bits and pieces get in the way. Um, so, so the money coming in is very lumpy. Um, the money going out is fairly constant because you've got to go and pay your monthly payroll. 
Yeah. Well, so when people say net debt, I mean, on <clears throat> on the accounts, it sort of suggests it was 25 million because we had 30 million in the bank on, yeah. the, on the 1st of June and we had a 55 million pound loan, which hadn't been paid off. You yeah. know, does that mean after it had been paid off, unless we'd used the, you know, on the 8th of August, potentially we were, we had no net, net debt. Or do you include, when we talk about net debt, all of the money we owe for the transfers or a net amount, how much we owe player for players? Well, I, I, I do both because UEFA have this thing called football net debt, which says that the amount of money that you owe is what you owe to the banks plus what you owe to other football clubs for transfers less any money you've got in your bank account, less any money that um, <clears throat> you are owed from player sales. So West Ham had a football net debt figure of 173 million because right. they spent, okay. they bought a lot of players in 22-23. You know, they spent 184 million pounds recruiting new players, but the vast majority of that was on credit. And 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 that takes away that 174 the figure you just used takes away the 100 million we got for. Um... Well, well, that's that's before because th these these figures are dated the thirty first right, of May, yeah. right, and you okay. sold Declan uh, a wee bit later. But with, with the MSD money, is, was it not the case that they would offer a line of credit more of fifty million, and you would only pay interest on what you took? Does West Ham say they took? Yeah, they took. They they, they say took in the, the accounts, full they paid, money. They yeah. paid fifty five yeah. million off right, yeah. okay. in August. Yeah. They say. Right. So, I guess the the last bit, and we're, we're going. I'm conscious of time. Move on for some. Uh, some questions I know from our uh, pick out ones that haven't been answered because I think you've answered a lot of them already. Um, the player registration. So when we sold Declan Rice, so obviously there's the post um, post activities that happened after the 31st. And it talks about that um, our net um, spend on transfers was 4.7 million or 4.67 to be precise, with a further net of 12.6 million. Contingent on future events, obviously, add-ons. And that surprised some people because most people thought we had a surplus. And maybe this is the danger of following the papers too much. You know, we know it was on record that we sold Declan for 100 million or 105 with add-ons. We sold Vlasic. We sold Skamaka. Most of these figures are in the press. Then when you took the money we spent on Kudos, etc., according to the press and everyone else... Um, we had £17 million we didn't spend. This yep. suggests the op opposite way. Actually, we spent £4.7 million than we had. And, which some people go, oh, I don't believe financial accounts. It's a Is it possible to sort of... Um, not? Well, I'm thinking of a posh word to say... Uh, to, Is it possible to massage the, the numbers? Massage the numbers, Kieran, yes. It's always possible. Uh, I mean, yeah, the reason why... The accounts are audited, so you would have expected the auditors would have checked. Checked, and there's not that many numbers to check. There's not, is it? Yeah, you know, you've got you've got seven or eight contracts going either way, um, so you'd expect that figure to be fairly accurate. Okay, so it just shows you that we shouldn't always rely on the figures we're told in the press. I mean, they're always linked, uh, leaked, and everything, but we shouldn't yeah. always. A lot of the time, you've got clubs deliberately leaking single numbers to the press yeah yeah because they want to or favored social pressure. media accounts oh <laughs> um, yeah oh yeah yeah yes i don't know what yes. you mean no. oh, I don't. <laughs> 
Um, and, I, and I see, well, I, probably not that interesting, but they finally paid uh, Spartak Moscow. I didn't quite get where they, they paid a loan fee of £430,000 on the 7th of June um, and 21000 of interest. Um, the payment had been previously forbidden because the sanctions are imposed on Russia's illegal invasion around Ukraine. Interesting words. But mm. was settled following a change of ownership of the club. An instruction received from FIFA. Does does that mean what um, Spartak Moscow is owned by a non-Russian entity now? Is that what they're suggesting? It seems that it does. It does seem very strange. But you know, as soon as you start believing anything that comes out of the mouth of FIFA, we've, we've all got problems, <laughs> haven't we? Perhaps, um, perhaps it, it, it was owned by like Putin's brother-in-law, and yeah, he it, sold it to his cousin. Who wasn't directly related to Putin? Perhaps it was something like that. I don't know. I know. I know they took us to court. Anyway, um, we're going to quickly move on. See if there's any questions. So, Nigel, get 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 ready. Um, get um, ready for what? Well, to to read uh, anything that's on Facebook I that we are. No, you was asking oh, questions. Well, that's why I'm giving you a um, one now. But Go on. Now, um, seen any good bands recently, Kevin? Uh. Well, I saw from the jam just before Christmas and oh, yeah. the skids, who were absolutely brilliant. Well, I mean, the skids. Uh, I saw the ruts. Uh, the ruts were absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm going to see Depeche Mode next week, or oh, the week oh, after. Nice. I think it is. Um, so yeah, I've got got a few lined up. ABC at the. Uh, ABC no, you've lost me in. now. Oh really? <laughs> I'm not an ABC fan. Yeah, well, I'm not a fan, but. Yeah. You you look back. Is it actually they were a lot better than I gave them credit for at the time? Is my view. Do you right. just keep on calling Kieran Kevin every time you say Kieran? I hear Kevin. Do I? Oh, yeah. right, sorry. I can't even get our guest names right. I'm sorry, Kieran. <laughs> right, this time. It's Facebook Twitter question time where you, the eight listeners, get to ask us and Kieran some questions. These are, these are only for you, Kieran, actually. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you'll be able to answer this, the first one from Gary Prince. Increasing number of employees from 726 to 790. What is that down to? I'm not sure how you can answer that. Um, I, th I think there is a breakdown of where those jobs have been created. Media department, probably. Probably, probably. And he also asked, Gary Prince, why did we, and I don't know where he's picked this up, but I did see it, why did we accelerate the £30 million due on the Declan Rice transfer at a cost of £1.8 million? Because the club wanted... Cash. They, they wanted the cash to pay off MSD, in all probability. Because they probably worked out that it, they... They were better off because they'd end up paying a, a, a lower uh, a lower rate of interest on the money advanced on the on the Declan Rice deal than the rate of interest they were paying to MSD. So it, it made sense. Mark Hunter asks you, how can we monetize the brand to get us <laughs> any anywhere close to the likes of Spurs? Um, start winning things. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the, all, all appear in Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, how much of your soul do you want to sell? That's... Oh, we'll sell everything. We'll sell our grandmother, apparently. We we have um, a parody account called AI Sean 
who whose real name is Nick. I don't know why he calls himself AI Sean, but he, he likes to give me uh, wind me up on social media, Kieran. He says, even <laughs> Kieran, Sean, and Nigel, Happy New Year to you all. Does Kieran think Chris Hewton would have let Kudos play tomorrow if West Ham had been playing if of any other team apart from Brighton? Yeah, I've no non-finance one. Um, yeah, we, we we'd be absolutely because te- we, we, we tried to sign Kudos um, before he joined you. Yeah, um, he's amazing. Yeah, he's he's, he's a fantastic looking player. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Uh, yeah, because I'm going along to support my team, but you still want to see good football regardless of, of which shirt they're wearing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, this will this will really upset Nigel. I, I saw Eden Hazard play once at the Annex, and I swear his feet didn't actually touch the grass. He just floated about two inches above it, and <laughs> I've never seen one man. And he didn't break into a sweat either. He, he was just effortlessly destroyed us. And sometimes you've got to accept your in the company of a bit of genius. He, he also asked another non-finance question. What's been Kieran's favourite European away day in Brighton's European League campaign? Um, well, I'll have to go for Athens because I don't remember anything of Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she listens to this podcast. <laughs> you can tell us. <laughs> What goes on tour stays on tour. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, next one. Grant Croxford says, how much of their own money, I think I know the question, but they want you to say it. How much of their own money can Sullivan and Kredinsky put in the club to use towards transfers in January? Well, they, well, they can put in as much money as they, they want. There, there, there is no limit. Then there's that second issue of how much counts towards financial the the Fed Premier League's financial fair play. Now because Kretinsky put in that 125 million pounds um in 21-22 that doesn't expire um for 3 years. Yeah. So they they can they can put in as much money to fund deals but yeah. it won't contribute I, I think improving it's, if I know what's going on I think it's unlikely. I mean they they're looking for a new investor yeah. uh, and they've got uh, Rothschilds helping them. Project Phoenix, I think, uh, or Gold Phoenix, something like that. Uh, and they're looking for, a, a, well, they're in talks with an American investor that's a, a gaming uh, multimillionaire. But, but you know, they've got other irons in the fire as well. They, From my understanding is they want an extra investor to spread the load and spread the, the burden rather than have one overall uh, majority shareholder. And that includes Kredinsky. Yep. He's, you know... From a, if you look at his shareholdings, he's he's a minority investor in, in nearly everything he does, apart from his, you know, EHP massive European <laughs> Euro, uh, energy conglomerate. Uh, apart from that, yep. um, apart from his Russian pipeline, you mean? Yeah, let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Richard Dodd says, "Happy New Year to everyone, <laughs> including Kieran. Which team is best suited to, with FFP in mind, and who is the worst situated for FFP?" Um, probably the, the club best suited is Spurs because they only spend 39% of their income on wages historically. So they've actually got an awful lot of wiggle room. Um, the club in the worst position is Everton, um, closely followed by Nottingham Forest. Manchester United aren't too far behind. I, I would say that 
West Ham are in the in the top half of the table in in terms of flexibility, though. Um, so, as far as the January window is concerned, they're 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 certainly in a lot better position than than a significant number of clubs. You know, Chelsea yeah. have to, Chelsea have to sell before they buy. I think that's Manchester United can't buy unless they 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 loan. Newcastle, they're in a they they can only realistically loan or spend uh, you know a small amount because they've they spent a lot of money. West Ham have have got a, a degree of flexibility because of of the sale of rice. Yeah, yeah. And the last question from uh, the rest of them have been answered. Um, so if you did put a question in, you should have heard it has been answered. We've answered that beforehand. Um, in Kieran's view, what was the worst financial decision in moving to the London Stadium? Richard asks. Um, I think the the worst decision was to do with the the non match income, you know, the the catering deals, the catering, the, yeah. uh, and, and so on. Um, <clears throat> I think, but they got such a good deal from the rental point of view that I think they were sort of giving a few concessions back to to LDC. Yeah, actually, I, I couldn't. I, I, Obviously, because of going through the Olympic Stadium move and everything else, what you may not realise is I think the worst bit they did was when they moved us, West Ham's own figures were they would only get 50,000 to go there. Yeah. So that was the figure that West Ham used uh, through their own analysis. Bearing in mind, we only used to get 30,000 to 35,000 at Upton Park, sometimes less than 30,000 for a non-glamorous cup game. Yeah. Um, so, so what they did was they we had to go to a sales centre to buy our season ticket, and what they did was is that they allowed you to buy extra. So actually, we have we were at a, near enough a ninety four percent of our tickets were season ticket holders. Yeah. Yeah. And I think West Ham are now paying the price for that sales tactic. Yeah, they are. And I can, that I can is the worst that. decision. Well, but yeah, because yeah. of, as you highlighted earlier, the likes of Liverpool may have a 60... You know, at Upton Park, we had twenty-one a maximum of 21,000 season ticket holders in a 35-seater yeah. stadium, 3,000 away fans. Yeah. We, they've slightly reduced the season ticket holders down to about 49,000, 50,000 now from a high of 54,000. Mm, yeah. mm. they, they don't like us where I am. They think in the West End, which is more corporate, they think it's too cheap for what I buy my ticket for at 700. And they want a slowly sort of cleansing of, of you know. Yeah, but it's not that. Also, it shows seats. up. It exposes. So when you look at games at the London Stadium, you will see the white dots of empty seats. Well, and not not tomorrow when Kieran's there, though. Well, maybe. But you will see a lot of white dots of empty seats. And yeah, that is be. because... In certain areas, even where I sit, the seat is so cheap yep. that actually people will buy I, it just to go ten times a year. Yeah, I yeah. did offer Kieran yeah. a free ticket. I said, "Have you have you got a ticket tomorrow?" Because I'm probably could get you a ticket for tomorrow. Anyway, thanks, Kieran. I, I, you know, I asked for forty minutes of your time. You've given us far more than that. So uh, we're bringing it to an end now. Let's, let's talk about football just as we, and then do a plug for your podcast and all your other stuff. Um, Obviously, we're all going to the game tomorrow. Um, we haven't. We're missing Kudos uh, and um, Agur. Uh, we don't know about Pakatar. He, he's almost definitely out because he's he's got a um, a knee or a calf injury. 
uh, he's going to miss the game. So we're missing a lot of our main players. We beat you um, uh, at your place, Kieran. Yeah. What does your heart and head say on, on this one? Give us a prediction. Um, Lewis Donk is suspended. Igor, our other centre-half, he's injured. So we've got, we got nobody in defence. Um, I, th- I think it will be a, a relatively painless victory for West Ham. We've, oh, really? not kept, we've, we've not kept a clean sheet since April. Oh, wow. Right, OK. Uh, that's not what I was expecting to say. This is what Manchester United said to us. I mean, funny enough, when we talk to Manchester United fans, they're, they're just so down on themselves at the moment. We've, we've um, make, maybe Arsenal fans too after what, what happened yesterday. But uh, and, and we will fanny about at the back with the ball. OK, all right. So, we'll, we'll take so, that. So... Uh, I'd expect a lot of pressing from, Not, from the West Ham. Nigel, what, what do you think? How do you see it going down? You're going to well, we, we, we've had some success with teams that look, look funny about at the back. Yeah, but, um, but, but we're losing three <laughs> of our big players. Um, yeah, but I mean, I was heartened by what I saw at Arsenal. Um, so uh, well, I suppose we lost with, Pac- with Pakatar going off. Most of it, um, and the fact that we only had twenty percent of the ball and still managed to put in a, what we would call that a decent just, performance so obviously it'd be different against Brighton um, you know head and heart actually are probably in unison I'm still worried um, yeah, about are. Brighton because of the hoodoo they have on us yes. um, this, this this strange um, obviously we've you've still not lost at the London Stadium We've not lost in the Premier League. I remember us getting absolutely. I think I think you've tainted us. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. No, not lost. that was no, not. Upton that, Park. That was, that was Upton Park. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was six, six. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, yes, that was Upton Park. And you, you're thinking going back to yeah, 2011, 2012, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd you know what I fancy a two-all draw. Oh, you like your two Desmond two two? Yeah, I do like my Desmonds. Yeah, that <laughs> was a great for, program. I'm going for a one 0 win as I, I usually go and trying to go on averages. Um, I would love to do it. We I, we can't get fifth. I think we're nine points off Spurs, but you know what? Uh, what are we on? Thirty three points. Thirty three. I think we're six off 36. Spurs. Thirty six. We would be only four ways, four points away from safety, Nigel. Well, yeah, but you say that, but I think the, on the law of averages says in the last ten years you've only needed thirty-five to wow, stay up as an safe. average. Wow. So yeah. Anyway, Kieran, thanks for being our guest. Uh, I'm sure we're, when the counts are out next year, we'll, we'll invite you back again for your annual visit on More Than Just a Podcast. What we both, Nigel and I, are avid listeners, listen to Price of Football. Uh, what else do you want to plug? I mean, if, uh, if you like finance, you want to hear your dog Finley talk about wonky chops is that right <laughs> that's right listen yeah. to the price of football it's uh, I've learned a lot about finance listening to your podcast um, yeah it, it's not yeah there's a million and one football podcasts um, I do it with stand-up comedian Kevin Day some people might remember him because he used to do match of the day too um, and we're just just we're just two blokes going down the pub having a moan except we're having a moan about you know agents and how Chelsea getting away with it, but effectively it's a lot of the stuff which we've just covered. Um, so yeah, I do that with Kevin um, for reasons we, we don't understand. It's it's very popular. We've had well over 10 million downloads of that. Um, we've just 
had a book published called Unfit and Improper Persons, an Idiot's Guide to, to Running a Football Club. I did actually send it to a couple of club owners and I got some really stroppy emails back. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah got no sense of humour. Did you send it to Karen? I didn't, no. Oh. I'm, on, I'm on good terms with West Ham. They, they, well, you, know. you, you, you get on with Katara, don't you? Have you never thought of doing a football podcast? I've often <laughs> wondered that listening. Like, sometimes, it, I, obviously, I'd, you know, I listen to the football chat and you, you then go on about how a guy don't like talking about football. And I'm thinking, well, actually, I'd prefer it if you talk more about football. <laughs> um, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's many people better, better equipped and with more knowledge than us. Uh, whereas I'll back myself. To, in in my area to uh, and we listen to in a huge number of football clubs themselves because we get i will get phone calls and emails that you've said this about us we're not happy about this i've been sued by football clubs i've been sued by well, been yeah. threatened with suing with some of the gambling companies as well so so we we, we get under their skin so me and sean fun enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. That was a surreal day when oh, West Ham yeah, we run me up, threatening to take me to court. Yeah, <laughs> and, and agents. Ravel yeah. Morrison's agent once sent me a cease and desist letter. Bloody hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, agents can get very stroppy. They, they can get very, very stroppy indeed and friendly mm. legal action. So it's, it's all fun. <laughs> but, uh, and I guess with, uh, what, what did the Brighton Palace, it was a draw, wasn't it? I was just listening yeah, to you yeah, this was... morning. Uh, where you'd recorded it for New Year's Day today, and you still didn't know the uh, uh, answers. You obviously you were wise and pre-recorded all your stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was one-one. It's been one-one uh, last five seasons at Selhurst. It's been one-one every time. Yeah, so. no bragging rights. Is that to keep both sides happy? Do you think? <laughs> well, it keeps both. Yeah, it, it was quite calm after the match. It's yeah. It, I, I don't know if you push up one quick question in on this, and then we go. Right. And then we go. Is that the, the rivalry with Palace? Now, when the question's been asked before, I've always explained it that it stemmed from an argument between Alan Mullery and Terry Venables in yeah. the 1970s. Yeah. Am I right when I say that? Yeah, they, they didn't like each other. They were both at they were both Spurs. Spurs. Yeah. Yes. So Venables was the sort of the Trevor Brooking style player. Yeah, you know, he was a ball, uh, whereas. Mullery was more Billy Bond style, you know, sort of more of a, a a defensive midfield player, hard tackler, and so on. And Mullery didn't like all of the the attention that uh, Venables got. Then they became managers of Palace and Brighton. We drew it. We we were drawn against each other. It was in the second round of the FA Cup in 1976. Uh, we were all old enough to remember plenty of replays. So first match was a draw. Second match was a draw. Third match, neutral territory, was at Stamford Bridge. About 50,000 there. Um, we had a penalty sort of midway through the second half. Our captain scored. The referee disallowed it for one of the Palace defenders encroaching into the penalty box. Had to be retaken. The keeper saved it. Palace went down the other end. 1-1-0. Mullery absolutely lost it. So he went, at the end of the match, he went steaming across to the Palace fans, emptied out his pockets, threw him, threw, threw them the small change. He goes, that's all you're fucking worth, Palace. And then after, we were all watching this, of course, <laughs> at the other end. And afterwards, 
World War Three took place. You know, it, it, it really kicked off because the police weren't except, you know, you, you know what policing was like in the 70s. Yeah. So it was it was very lively. Um, and that's how it all started. So it is a relatively new, but we we hate them and they hate us. But just just like, you know, you've got you've got mates who are Chelsea fans and Spurs fans. And Arsenal fans. You can still I've work even got them. friends that are Millwall fans. So um. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we've, right, got, cheers, we've, we've got to release you back to the Baroness, otherwise, otherwise we're going to get in trouble like everyone else. Kieran, thanks for being our uh, guest on More Than Just Podcast yet again and giving up your time. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we'll talk to you next year. Have a great 2024. And you guys, yeah, and uh, enjoy, enjoy yourself tomorrow. Yeah, whoever wins. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll give you a wave. Okay, cheers. Bobby Moore, More Than Just A Podcast. Hey kids, what do you think about finance? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.